0: And welcome to another episode of the Small Talk Podcast. My name is Katie Fairman and in today's episode I'm going to be chatting you through the F1 exhibition which recently opened up in Madrid. Now I travelled to this event, I went to a media day, I paid for it all myself, this isn't like a gifted trip or anything like that, it's just me being a super curious F1 fan and seeing what this exhibition is all about. So I thought I'd talk you through it on a podcast and I'm not going to go into every single little detail, I'm not going to tell you about, I think it's 350 or over 350 exhibits that they have there at the exhibition. Don't worry, I'm not going to detail every single little thing that's there. I want to leave some stuff to the Imagination and maybe a bit for surprise if you decide to visit it yourself. But this is going to be a general chat about the key features of the exhibition and whether it is worth your time to go and visit it. Now before we get into the actual exhibition bit, I've just got to say, I really romanticise sometimes the idea of flying and travelling. I haven't been on a plane in nearly a year and although I've got lots of really exciting projects planned for 2023, I forgot how much of a pain it is. My flight to Madrid, absolutely great. I arrived at the airport in good time, I had the strongest Aperol spritz of my life in the airport, Wetherspoons, you know, keeping that glamorous lifestyle going. Get to my gate, get on the plane lovely flight arrive super okay like it was no problem at all coming back however oh my god what a nightmare the flight was already delayed by quite a bit but when we finally got onto the plane we were told you have 15 minutes to get everything like people in seats bags at the top and stowed away before we have to leave because we've we're already late so we've only got a small window for when we can take off so anyway everybody gets to their seats and we're all ready to take off and we're currently making our way to the main runway when all of a sudden a fight breaks out on board and you've got two separate parties on the plane arguing each other at one point they were saying like how tall are you how tall are you i'll come over there and i'll chin you and i was like oh my gosh this is not the nice zen relaxing vibes that i wanted but anyway it was a big drama but fortunately they calmed down once the amazing air stewardess basically went over and was like do you want me to call the police and to come and get you when we get to london other passengers on the plane as well were like turning around and telling them to be quiet i just stuck there awkwardly like looking at it because it happened like two rows in front of me and I was thinking oh my gosh this is not the vibes that I wanted. Anyway that was certainly a new one for me. Go and grab yourself a cup of tea and let's chat about the F1 exhibition. <laughs> Okay, hopefully you have your beverage of choice nearby. And actually talking about beverages, I've got my cup of tea next to me here, and it reminds me of probably the most controversial thing or like the biggest social media thing from the F1 exhibition. And that was this blimmin' mug in the gift shop, okay? I uploaded a photograph of this to my Twitter and basically it's a mug that's being sold in the F1 exhibition gift shop which has got a piece of team radio on it and it's Toto saying no Michael no which obviously is a clip from the 2021 Abu Dhabi finale still triggers a lot of people online and you know I'm not gonna say that you can't feel a certain way because it was an absolutely devastating and like pivotal point in the championships history like I'm not gonna go into it on a freaking podcast okay but anyway I saw this mug in the gift shop and it was alongside ones of like Carlos saying smooth operator I think that was one from Fernando that said every time you have to leave the space and then there was this no Michael no one I looked at it and I kid you not I said fuck off actually fuck off sorry if this is gonna have to be marked as explicit but I saw it and I literally could not believe my eyes that they had put this on a mug and sold it in the gift shop clearly though they know the market of the Spanish fans. the Spanish fans are probably gonna buy it I decided not to buy one because I thought I do not need that in my cupboard but anyway this mug freaking went mad on social media and I put a laughing face next to my tweet because I was just in complete disbelief they were selling this in this gift shop but people have it and think that I'm like laughing at the whole situation that's not the case but uh, I'm still absolutely gobsmacked that they're selling that the F1 exhibition isn't necessarily put on by Formula One it's done by kind of a third party I'm still amazed that that's been given the green light to be sold in that gift shop whether it will still be there or whether you know formula one might say to take it down and that kind of stuff i don't know but that was certainly like something that i saw in the gift shop and was like oh my gosh wow they have actually done that that's insane Okay, so enough talk about mugs. Let's chat about the exhibition itself. And for this podcast, I've actually made notes, guys. I've taken a pen to paper. I could have just used my phone, actually. Why did I not use notes on my phone? I've gone old school. But anyway, here are some key figures and stats and all that good stuff about the exhibition, because you might have some questions about it. So, the idea of the exhibition was first discussed in 2017. The pandemic did cause some delays in bringing it to life, but none nine teams have contributed towards this exhibition. There's also contributions from people like Pirelli, McLaren Applied Technology, that kind of thing that I spotted as I was going around, and also some old teams like Team Lotus, but out of the current Formula One teams, nine of them have contributed items. Do you want to have a guess at who hasn't contributed? I'll give you a little few seconds, okay? You good? The team that hasn't contributed anything was Aston Martin. And I'll be honest with you, that's not the team that I was expecting. So the reason for that, and this is what Tim Harvey, one of the creators of the event, said was their reasoning, is that when they approached them about putting pieces in the exhibition, they said that they were focusing so much on this next step in their Formula One career. You know, we keep hearing about this five-year plan from Lawrence Stroll and all this kind of stuff, that they didn't want to donate any items to the exhibition. And like Tim Harvey said, fair play to them, because Clearly they are doing well and they're successful so far this season. But um, I don't know if they've ruled out ever contributing stuff, but that does mean that we don't get to see anything of Sebastian Vettel's in his final years before his retirement, which I was a little bit sad about. That's their reasoning for it. Now the news that uh, hopefully a lot of you will be happy about is that this exhibition will be touring internationally for the next nine years, okay? So don't panic and think, oh my gosh, I've only got a few weeks in order to get to Madrid and book my ticket. This is going to be on tour for nearly a decade. and the thing is that they're looking to change the location of it every four months so it's not going to be in Madrid the whole time. They haven't actually announced the locations that they're going to be going to next but I would imagine that if you live somewhere and there's maybe a big city nearby then you will hopefully be in luck. From now until nine years I'd like to think that there'll be at least one location that appears near you that you can go along and support it and if my maths are correct four months every nine years means that there's about 27 locations that this exhibition is hopefully going to tour. As for how many pieces there are, They say that there's over 350 items in the exhibition. As well as the items, there's also three hours worth of new films which have been made specifically for this. And to be fair, I am, so let me give you some context. When you walk into the exhibition, you were given a headset which has kind of like an infrared remote control attached to it. And at certain points, there are these areas that you zap your remote at and then it will play what the video is showing. so you will be able to hear, I don't know, Stefano Dominicari talk about something, maybe Pierre Gasly. He's got like a sort of mini dock that's in one of the rooms. So yeah, you basically go along zapping these areas and you can hear what's going on on the screen in front of you. So I think that's really cool. And there were so many things I wanted to sit and listen to in all of its glory that actually you probably could listen to all three hours of the thing. But you might need to make a proper day out of it. And I don't know if they will shuffle people along, like if you just stay in one area for four hours it might be a bit much but there's so much for you to absorb and take in um, and I wanted to like listen to and watch every single film that was there but it was pretty impossible. One film actually that stood out to me was, well there were two actually, the first one was this one I was telling you about Pierre Gasly, so his Monza winning Alpha Tauri, so his A T O one is in the exhibition and you can see it and it looks as stunning as I would expect it to be but he actually does an exclusive mini doc for this exhibition and we hear from his mother, we hear from his father and he's kind of documenting his love for karting and how he fell in love with that to then getting to a position where he won a Formula One race in Monza in 2020. 2020. I always get those years confused because we had so many random Monza winners but yeah when he won that race in 2020 and it was a really lovely interview and very wholesome and very emotional and I would really implore you to, to watch that. The next one though was all about Michael Schumacher and guys Mick narrated it, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so emotional. Hearing Mick talk about his dad always sets me off because you can just tell he's so unbelievably proud. And uh, yeah, that's a really beautiful thing that I suggest you watch. It's in um, one of the rooms, which I think is called Drivers and Jewels. And it's the one that you might have seen pictures of on social media where it's got like a wall of helmets behind it. And so, yeah, those two documentaries actually play back to back. The one of Mick talking about his dad. There was a piece that he said in it that was like, he made the podium his home. And I don't know, something about that sentence just really, I found, really warmed me. And yeah, it was a special documentary. It's one of those ones that as soon as it started playing, I was like, oh my God, it's mixed voice. Oh God, this is going to make me cry in a public exhibition. This is not good. But I'm an emotional girl. I cry at adverts on the TV. I'm going to cry about something like that. Talking about things that made me emotional, and I promise you I'm not just a blubbering mess the whole time, was Roman Grosjean's Burnt Car, which was from the 2020 Rain Grand Prix. I've said on this podcast before that the series of events like his car being on fire, the fireball, everything that led up to that and after that, I still find really traumatic. And I don't care if people say, oh my God, you're such a baby. But seeing his actual chassis of the car in the survival cell was really like spine tingling and actually very eerie. It's like a really insane centerpiece to this room, which is all completely dark. And the only things that feature in this section is a video showing. The crash. Um, the car itself is in a glass cage because obviously it's a very valuable piece of kit which has actually been loaned to the exhibition by Gene Haas. Um, so he's the one that owns that piece of car. Obviously, it's a very sensitive piece as well because of all the shredded carbon fiber that's on the car. And if you touch that, oof, that is going to hurt if you don't have the correct protective equipment, but also to contain, I guess, any kind of fumes or things that are released from the car because. It was on fire. Anyway, I went to this exhibition actually with a YouTube content creator called Matt Amos. I have to give Matt a shout out on this because not only was he an amazing travel buddy to go with but also he is going to be recording and releasing a video specifically about how Roman Grosjean's car went from the Bahrain accident into the F1 exhibition and from hearing behind the scenes snippets it sounds like it's going to be absolutely fascinating so I suggest that you go and find him over on YouTube. I'll leave a link to his YouTube YouTube as well in this podcast description, but that's Matt Amos, surname spelled A-M-Y-S, but yes, he's going to do such an interesting video, I know it, his video is always top tier, so go over and give him some love. The survival room, as it is titled, is kind of one of the rooms that is part of this exhibition. In fact, let's talk through the journey that you go on when you get given these funky headsets. So the first thing you go into is Once Upon a Time in F1, and that kind of documents every decade at Formula One, as well as some iconic characters in the sport like Bernie Eccleston, they talk a bit about Enzo Ferrari, Ron Dennis, Senna is in that list as well. But the archive footage that they've put together is amazing, and yeah, you basically travel through and see how Formula One has changed from the very first race in 1950, the first official race. Uh, there's even some bits before then of like old motor races that weren't officially Formula One and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, seeing it evolve is a really, really cool thing. You then go through to a room called the Design Lab, which is where Pierre Gasly's ATO one is situated. And this room I found super interesting because there are lots of things that are talked about as being part of a Formula One car. But under normal circumstances, most fans will never see these things because it's buried so far under the bodywork or whatever and you really get to see them as separate items. In fact, there was one thing that really stuck with me. Bearing in mind, I've been watching Formula 1 since I was a baby. Like, my first real memory of a Formula 1 race was the 2006 Hungarian Grand Prix when Jenson Button got his maiden victory. Like, I've been watching it for a long time. I've only realised what a fire extinguisher looks like inside a car yesterday, which might be an embarrassing thing to admit to, but I don't care because I'm not about naming and shaming people for learning things about Formula 1, right? I kid you not, all this time, I've envisioned a tiny micro fire extinguisher like a little red one with a nozzle that you would spray and have you know for most normal instances i was picturing a tiny baby one of those that you would have like planted inside the car nope it's like a box. It literally is like a square box. When I saw it and I like looked at what it was labelled as on the side, I was like, "Oh!" It was like a proper penny drop moment. And I thought, "Well, there we go. You learn something new every day." And like I say, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm still learning a load of stuff about Formula One. And that's what makes it so exciting. Because who likes to know it all? Huh? What's where's the fun in knowing everything when there's still so much to be discovered? So anyway, you can have a good nose round in the design lab. You then go on to this survival room and then. From the survival room you go through to drivers and jewels which is the room that's got all of the race suits the driver's helmets um, a really cool central display which shows how drivers sit in their cars and have done since you know the first four sort of formula one cars in the 50s and how their helmets and their overalls looked and their seating position to now um, and you've got the two Ferrari boys of Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc at the front and yeah it's fascinating to see how their seating position has changed and actually visually compare it to different years there was also lots of really interesting facts and stats about each decade of Formula One, which once again I was learning as I went along. My camera roll is literally full of me taking photographs of signs and little facts and stats because all of these things I'm learning I think would also be really interesting to talk about on a podcast at a later date. So uh, I'll probably be relaying a lot of this information as time goes on. So if you want to hear more about it and maybe this is your first time listening, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of that content. Then from the drivers and jewels area you then go into revolution by design and this is kind of what it says on the tin. There's two Formula One cars that are placed in there. So overall there are three F1 cars, classic F1 cars, which are in the exhibition. To be honest with you I was expecting a few more because especially with so many teams having these heritage projects now, I mean I've been fortunate enough to go to the Williams display and see the incredible array of cars that they have that you know, could be transported and be part of this F1 exhibition. I'm sure they wouldn't mind parting ways with one or two of them. Yeah, I was expecting a few more Formula One cars, but maybe that's something that they can switch in and switch out as it goes to different locations, maybe make them relevant to each sort of area or each country. I don't know, I literally have no idea what their plans are. There were kind of conversations about whether they were going to add to the exhibition or change things up depending on where they went, Um, but those questions weren't really given a definitive answer, so I can't tell you and relay that information unfortunately. In this room there are lots of really interesting parts so you can see what the uh, old survival cells look like in F1 cars or old rear wings or front wings or floors or whatever Um, and there's lots of really amazing animations as well which are put on behind you to sort of understand how things have developed over time and how they work in current time and it's all really really cool stuff if you're into your technology. There was also a separate little section about regulations and a few old rule books which I was nerding out over and also Max Verstappen's 2015 super license and I've never actually seen a super license in the flesh before but we got to see that which I thought was a really cool addition Um, there's also some stuff from Lewis Hamilton in there so one of his old go-karts and there's actually one of his racing helmets in this display so if you're a Hamilton fan be sure to go and check that out in fact in these notes here that I said I made at the beginning there are 100 helmets that are part of this exhibition and 21 race suits and then the final room is something called the pit wall And honestly, I don't want to talk about that one too much because it's an immersive experience and it was insanely cool. I've never experienced anything like that before and I don't want to sit here and tell you, oh and this happens and that happens. I think that you need to experience it going completely blind and experience it for the first time without any spoilers. But yeah, that's the last part of your exhibition. That is kind of my overall explanation of the F1 exhibition. As you come out, you go through the gift shop, you can go and buy your A selection of mugs if you want to. But overall, I would definitely recommend it. Like I say, whether you want to wait until it comes into a city near you, if you will, that could be a good suggestion. But like I said, we have no idea about the itinerary, where they're going next. So if you're somewhere in the States, you might be waiting four months for it to come to you. You might be waiting four years. There's not really a list of where they're going and when. But if you're lucky enough to be somewhat local, like I am here in the UK, then I I think it's definitely possible to do in a day. Obviously that's not very sensible in terms of sustainability is travelling to Madrid for a day, but it's fairly easy to get to. It was near the airport and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there we go. There is my review of the F1 exhibition. I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. Sorry, I can't really do it justice because I can't share video with this because it's only in your ears, but uh there should be plenty of pictures online if you want to have a snoop. I guess just pop in F1 exhibition and you'll be able to find some, but that is it from me for this episode if you've enjoyed it as ever please give me five star on whichever podcast platform you listen to I'm still getting people tweeting me and messaging me on Instagram now to say that they're only just discovering the podcast and didn't know I was doing my own thing so you sharing it and giving it out to other motorsport fans really does help thank you everybody for listening take care lots of love and I'll catch you for another episode very soon bye